I, do you know what? I don't even like Arsenal, they're shite. Bumper episode of the podcast, we talk about coronavirus and its effect on football at all levels. We also dive into what's happening at Man United at the moment and whether Ollie will still have a job after this weekend. And if he does go, will Potch be good enough to replace him? We also have a look at the games coming up this weekend in the Premier League, including big clashes between Man United and Everton and Liverpool and Man City. Yes, sit back, relax, crack open a cold one. It's time for four max. One toffee. It's great. All right, well, Dale, you took about half an hour getting a whiskey, so what are you drinking, mate? It is uh, Four Roses. Have you had that one? No, but I've heard. Go on, give us a give us a summary. Oh, oh, that's all you need, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, they want to get you on the fucking cooking channel, man. <laughs> this four roses gets four oohs from me. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Like, how many oohs that you put on it is how good it actually is? On a scale yeah. of O oh yeah. to ooh. Nah. Oh, we're just talking. We're just talking about that uh, that scale of uh, one to ten. Then uh, definitely a ten. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be an O. You only get an O with Typhoon. Oh God! I, you know what, right? Well, let's what you... let's go here for a second because I was having this discussion yesterday. Right? Kim Kim's a Yorkshire tea person. I'm I'm bagging a Tetley's all day long, me. I are you funny about tea that you drink? Sorry to be really random here for a second. I'm I I'm don't funny about it. Think, yeah. Yeah, I don't drink a lot of it anymore. It's more coffee. But if I do have a, if I do have a, a brew, not too fussed to be honest. What Tetley's, Yorkshire, Typhoon, whatever they're called, I don't know, whatever. Con- no. Don't take context difference to me. But so I'm the same as you, Dale. But are you now like a coffee snob? Can you tell the difference between like shit and good coffee? Like I, if someone's offering me a brew, if it tastes like dirt, I'm sorry, it's gone. Like nah. <laughs> I got one in work the other day, and I would literally just hand it back to him. I was like, that is not a brew. That is shit. You look, you get given the coffee, and he's like, you just look at the colour of the coffee. He's like, too dark, too light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I've not had a roast this bad since my last night out in Hyde. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, just leave the hometown alone. It's not. No, it is that bad. It is that bad. Well, shit, man. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> said I <laughs> <laughs> you know when you say something and you don't even think about what you've said like, I mean how many families are just disgusted with me right now I thought you was going to transition there into me going watching Hyde United and you pop up with R.I.P. old Chipman <laughs> How was Hyde United, Danny? You went down to Hyde this week to watch a game. 
Oh, oh, they made a killing. <laughs> oh god. Oh no. Um, I heard the opposition was... smothered possession. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, we're getting cancelled. <laughs> uh, no, it was. <laughs> Well, Lee and Josh aren't here and it just descends into chaos. <laughs> uh, no, Hyde was quality, mate. Um, I, really en- I really enjoyed it. Um, again, night, like similar to what the boys said the other week when they went and watched Witten, nice to see fans in a stadium, nice to hear authentic crowd noise. Yeah. I mean, there was only 300 people there, but it, it made a difference. The football quality was decent. I wouldn't say it was outstanding and maybe this is where I struggle with lower league a bit more because I've watched Stockport County a lot more and there's a very, very big difference between what I watched at Hyde versus County hmm. and then like going up the levels to what we've watched. But I, I would not discourage anyone from going again. Like I thought, really good day out. The ticket was a tenner. So similar to what they paid for Witten. Um, it was a brew. I didn't buy a pint. It was a brew because it was bleeding, freezing. Yeah, it was fucking cold. I barely, barely took my hand out of my pocket all night. Um, but yeah, 1-1 uh, draw against Lancaster City. I'd be down to 10 men for the last 30, 35 minutes. Don't know what the ref saw. That I think it was an elbow he thought he'd saw. It definitely wasn't. Um, it's class though, being pitch side and listening to the shouts and listening to what the players are actually saying. Fully, fully enjoyed myself, yeah. I w- Say I'd do it again, but I can't for at least a month now. How have they dealt with COVID and all that? Quite good. Um, hand sanitizers at the doors, making sure everyone was distancing, um, markings on the floor, constant reminders on the tannoys, you know, keep your distance, only be with people in your bubble, use the sanitizers that are provided. Can't You can't do much more than that, really. No. In a stadium that small with limited people there, in terms of security, you can't force people to social distance. You've kind of got to leave them to it. But the measures were definitely there and in place. And people were observing it. There was a lot of people with masks on as well, to be fair. I think I think because we went on Tuesday, which was after the new lockdown announcement, I think a lot of people were still wary. So some people were wearing masks, which was it's nice to see. Like It was a bit comforting for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've they seem to have dealt with it really well, and it's a shame because it's going to hit them hard again, having no football now in that league. Well, it's not saying. Uh, I was going to say. I mean, uh, I know they said they, they're keeping the the elite sports, but how sort of low lower levels have they have they now like banned? Is it stopped? Is it conference north south like below that level? Below that level, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty certain that's the uh, that's the level that they've had yeah. to stop. It's tier, I think it is up to tier six, isn't it? So tier six is the lowest tier that gets to play still. Which is interesting because that's the tiers that coincide with fans being in a stadium and not. Like anything above that isn't allowed fans in the stadium. No. Anything below that can, and that's the one that's finishing. So it's it's a strange one. Um, we don't want to get political and talk about this shit too much often, but... No. We we did have a small win today, boys, with pay per view being scrapped. Get the fuck yeah. in. Get the fuck in. Get the fuck in. It daft. I mean, who, who came up with that idea in the first place? You know, is 
I'd love to know. And I'd love to know how long I'd love to know how long it's been in the pipeline as well for. I'd love to know how long they've been thinking about it. Because you're not telling me they made it up on a weekend. No, it's tone deaf. It's absolutely tone deaf. I tell you now, they've been buttering us up since they brought football back at the end of last season, saying, you know, oh, we're going to wear all the games and all this and all that. And they've been buttering us up, thinking, we'll get them all sort of hooked, invested. How good football is when you can watch it like all day, every day and everything. And then bang, 1495. And they thought that we'd carry on playing it. And I guarantee, uh, we've had a couple of fun ones, haven't we? With, um, oh, what's my guy called on Twitter? The Everton fan, Kim Fitch. Kim Fitch, yeah. Yeah, him with his comment about bleeding that, that West Brom game at some point, only having 79 viewers in the mainstream media picking it up and stuff. But I tell you what, I bet he's not far off. No. I bet he's not far off. Apparently, they said it was when the official numbers came out, some of the media sources then got hold of it after the fact and said it was less than a thousand, which is abysmal. What, for all the games? No, I think just for that one game. I don't think I'd be surprised. I mean, what games have been on pay-per-view so far? So West Brom and Burnley, I think, was one, wasn't it? United, Newcastle. United, Newcastle. Um, Leeds, Leicester. Not Leeds, Leicester. Uh, Leeds, Villa. Yeah, it was a Sunday. Was it Spurs and... Who was it? Spurs played Sunday. Sunday night was at eight o'clock. I think that was a pay... PPV, pay per view one. Yes, they were, yeah. Um, Brighton, was it? Again. It's not going to be one now. There's, there's not been, like, there's not really been like a big game on pay per view, has there? It's been like the little straggler ones here and there, but. United Newcastle was probably the biggest one. I'd argue so, yeah. And I, I mean, do you think that got more than a thousand? Big fan bases. Well, it is because yeah. I know the Newcastle fans did really well in terms of rejecting it and donating money to local food banks instead. Um, Liverpool did I the same see, as well, fair play to them. Yeah, can I see over in a thousand tone deaf United fans putting money into their pocket? Probably. Probably, probably did do over a thousand, but it, it probably was nowhere near the numbers they were expecting it to be. Our London contingent. <laughs> that's the shit that's that we get all the time yeah. all your fans are down south all your fans are down south well you're in Stockport you're in Stockport and I'm in North Wales fuck off stereotypes <laughs> <laughs> but th- that is probably the biggest game isn't it and yeah I bet that got I mean if you're talking maxes probably maybe a couple of thousand I was going to say max 5k not the numbers that they thought they were going to see Otherwise, you wouldn't have bothered scrapping it. If they were making any money from it, they wouldn't have scrapped it. And they'll put across this narrative now, like they've done it for the fans. And, yeah. you know, we just didn't realise, like, how tone deaf it came across. And I said, well, bollocks, we've all, we've all just not paid for it. That's, that's what's happened. They'll never, ever accept responsibility and accountability for it. They will, that's exactly what they'll come out with. The press release will be, we've done this for the fans. We, we've listened to feedback is the exact words that they will use. That old chestnut. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're going to keep the campaign going because regardless of whether they're taking it away now and they're going to wear those games for free or whether they're just going to put them behind that 3pm watershed and all that bollocks, they've shown how greedy they are, the the relevant footballing bodies. Your money is best spent elsewhere. Best spent? Best spent elsewhere. And I've struggled then. One beer? You know? (laughs) 
to keep it up. Like, if anyone has been listening to podcasts, we've certainly been trying. I've not been because I've been in a wealth lockdown, so I apologise. I promise I'm not a hypocrite. Been in lockdown. And do you know the Welsh leagues around here don't kick off? The um, So you've got the... You've got the Welsh Premier League, haven't you? Mm. Which is just called something now, the Kimry Premier or something. But then the, the tier below that is where Buckley, because I live in Buckley in North Wales, the tier below that is where Buckley is. So Buckley are in like the north version of it. It's a bit like a conference north and south. Their games aren't kicking off, they reckon, until next year, early next year. It's been delayed for that long. What, have they, have they started the season? I think the Welsh Premier have, yeah. The Welsh Premier have been playing. No, yeah, you've not let the, the one below do it. I mean, have, uh, do you know of any any teams that have that have gone sort of bust during all this in in the Welsh league or? Because I mean, you, you, it's not as it's not as well advertised as, as the Premier League and the and the money that comes in for that and what gets dished out to the lowers, no. you know, the lower teams and leagues. I mean, surely, you know, this would have impacted more on the sort of the Welsh FA and the Welsh leagues more than. Say, say, you know, the the English FA and, and the money we bring in, or the Premier League anyway. Yeah, I think, to be honest with you, I think everyone's been struggled no matter what which jurisdiction you fall under. Um, the Welsh Premier, they're in a better position now than they were a few years back because there's a bit more mainstream sponsorship in the Welsh Premier now. There's a bit more attention there, like... You've only got to look at the chief sponsor. The chief sponsor for the for the Welsh leagues now is JD JD Sports. But, you know, it's not exactly a small brand. So they've started getting a little bit more attention and, and and try to sort of rebrand it and everything to get a bit more interest in it. But a lot of the clubs are tiny. I mean, you've got you've got TNS, which are, are the most successful Welsh team. If anyone knows anything or cares about Welsh football. TNS are the most successful Welsh team of all time in terms of like Welsh trophies that they won, Welsh leagues, etc. And then it kind of falls off after that. There's there's not really an awful lot of talent in the Welsh leagues. Um, it's just difficult in it because it's a bit like the international team. The international team's done really, really well recently, but that's because they're getting a lot of talent from players who've drifted over into the English leagues. And you're starting to see it now, like you get a couple of anomalies like they've got at the moment with the likes of Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale and Premier League sort of stalwarts like that. But the standard's never, ever been great. I mean, there's, there's a lad, I can't remember what his name was. He's the record goal scorer. I was reading about him the other day. He's a record goal scorer in the Welsh League. He scored absolutely hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of goals in the Welsh League. Ridiculous striking record. The, the highest he ever got internationally was a Welsh B team. Just wasn't good enough. <laughs> had a couple of stints I can't remember I'll, I'll see if I can search him again I'll find his name in a bit so everyone knows his name you can have a look at him like, in the Welsh Premier League his, his statistics are insane Like I'll get him up in a bit but every time he tried to come over to England in the lower sort of tier leagues like you know conference level and all the rest of it he just never got going it just shows you the difference in the level even there do you know what I mean Like that's their, that's their Premier League you can only imagine, like, a few years ago, up until about a few years ago, they still had open invitations to all the Welsh teams to, like, go into, like, their version of the Welsh FA Cup. You know, like Cardiff and Swansea and teams like that. And could you imagine if Cardiff and Swansea went into their league? There'd be no point, would there? No. The, the standard's just... It's a complete lopsided. Like, the standard's just night and day. 
that's a waffle on about anyway, Dale. The, the, the honest answer is I'm not too sure, but I'm pretty sure they are all struggling, and especially the teams in the north and the south leagues who just can't play at the moment because it's been deemed that it's not safe for them for whatever reason. It's a, it's a shitter. Like I've had my my six aside league um, finished again. Uh, Lee, I know, was getting back into rugby and his season wiped out. Um, which is is just shit. Yeah. Like we use we use sport and health and fitness as a way not only to you know prolong our lives and to keep ourselves healthy, but as a mental check as well. Like I felt nothing better than sometimes than having a shit week and then going to six sides on a Sunday, win, lose or draw. I've gone and ran about for fifty minutes, taken my anger out on football, screamed at a few players. And come back such feeling such like a better person. Yeah. And it, it's just a shame that these like like I take the, the players at Hyde, for example, like they're part time players. Like they have had football stripped from them now. Like these a lot of kids at that team when I was at Hyde, by the way, very, very young lineup. Um probably come through the academy. You know, I was part of that academy at one point in my life. Um a very productive academy line there. So they've brought in a lot of them youngsters in and they've now had football taken from them. And because they're only part-time, it means they've got part-time work. I bet a lot of them are back on furlough now as well. So Tuesday, they've gone from playing in front of 300 people and really just like, you know, striving for this future. Wednesday, going to work. Thursday, fuck all. Shite. Absolute shite. Well, you were scrapped first, Dale, weren't you? Because I know it's not football, but obviously you're you're a basketballer. You play basketball, and they just decided to put a fucking clamp down in tier three on indoor fucking team sports. Oh, mate, not, not played since March. Oh. So that that that's when it first stopped was in March, and there was. I think the elite level, I think Basketball England allowed the elite level basketball to continue, um, I think sort of August time, um, but sort of the recreational sort of stuff had to wait, um, and I think we were we were due to, my first sort of game back was the 24th of September, I think it was. And Boris came out with that announcement on Tuesday the 22nd, saying all indoor sports and Stuff are, are scrapped, whatever it was, as of that Thursday. So that's but you know, that, and you know what? It's so shit as well, stupid yeah. because you're not allowed indoor sports with basketball where it is limited people inside a space. Yet I've been allowed to play at Power League in Manchester on a Wednesday night with five people on each team on the pitch, two people on each team outside the pitch, and I've crossed paths with hundreds of people to get to the pitch in the first place because there's 12 pitches up there and the literally the narrowest of hallways to get in between people it, none of it makes sense literally none of it yeah. makes sense no I mean even now I've, you know I took up sort of golf in the meantime yeah. <laughs> even that's up the shitter as well now I mean <laughs> oh my just, God. They just they've just closed that now for for four weeks, well, at least four weeks. He says it's four weeks, doesn't he? But yeah. realistically, what what you say next year probably. And what planet can you not play golf? 
let's segue to something that else that doesn't make sense, boys, because we don't want to make this a political podcast. Oh, here we go. <laughs> now, I could go a few avenues here, but let's just get it out of the way now. What the fuck is happening at Manchester United? Not defensive drills, I'll tell you that now. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, we said in the group last night, we said last night, didn't we, like, me, me, you and Lee got into it, like, and it, it got a bit heated. Like me and you definitely got into it, yeah. Yeah, like, like we always do. Like you even <laughs> said, people must think we just don't fucking get on. We <laughs> don't love each other, it's fine, it's all, it's all good. Yeah. People can, listen, learn a lesson, folks. People can have a difference of opinion and still be mates. Not an, not an awful lot of that in the world at the moment, but I think we're all agreed something is just not right at the club. And some people think the manager should take most of the blame, which I completely understand. I'm more of the opinion, which I think it's a mixed bag. I think you've got to blame the players, you've got to blame the manager, and you've got to blame everything that's going on at that football club at the moment behind the scenes. The frustrating thing of being a United fan, and I won't waffle on too much because I've already waffled on about fucking history of the Welsh Premier League, so no one wants to listen to me talk anymore. <laughs> but I'll pass over to you in a second, but I think the thing for me is it's just it's upsetting as a United fan because we've been very blessed, especially us for when we were born, 1990, We've had nothing but success from then all the way to 2013. And now we've had seven years of shit and there's just been absolutely no consistency. Like on our day, we can beat anyone in the world. And then the next week we're, we're drawing nil nil in a boring game with Chelsea. We're losing to, and I don't care what people say in the media, a shite bang average Arsenal team. who will prove again this weekend how bang average they are and getting played off the park by a, a Turkish side who... Turkey have not produced a decent team since Galatasaray in the 90s, maybe. So that's a depressing thing for me. I just don't know when this is going to end. It's, it's misery. I don't, I don't think it does end, if I'm being honest. I don't think it does end. Um, we, we've said this before. Um, for, for people that are listening that are wondering why me and Chris actually hate each other, uh, Chris is very much of the opinion of managers shouldn't be sacked, which I get. Like the the problem runs a lot deeper in this club. Like it starts from the board all the way down. I'm under the opinion of the manager should be sacked. Um, partially no fault of his own. Partially because what he does on a match day just isn't good enough for me anymore. I can't sit and watch a manager not make a change for seventy minutes when something's not working. Like for me, that's just not. I, that the Arsenal game for me, forget Turkey, the Arsenal game was the final straw for me. How can you wait until the 70th minute before you decided to make a change when we were fucking abysmal? Like, worse than the Chelsea game. But, I will rein it back in. Oli has been dealt a shit hand with the board he's been given. He was thrown into a situation as a temporary manager. Yes, he earned his contract. Yes, he earned to stay from what he did last season. But I personally think the time has come, or I think at least the time is is on the clock now. Like he, it's going to happen. I think Pochettino passed his TV interview on Sky Sports on Monday. I think that was his reintroduction back into English football. He passed it with flying colours. He said all the right things. It, the timing for me just seems 
too perfect. Where has Pochettino been all these months? He could have been on. Jose, when he got let go from United, was back on Sky Sports after like three weeks. Like he was there and didn't take the Spurs job for ages. Poch has been sat waiting and waiting and waiting. And now we're in a shit run of form under a manager that, let's be honest, he was a panic appointment. It was given on merit, but he, I don't think Solskjaer was ever our first choice. I think everyone can admit that. There was no master plan where Oli Solskjaer was going to be Manchester United manager. And now it's the shit has truly hit the fan. Pochettino's come out of the, the woodworks. He's done his interview with Sky Sports. He's done a few interviews with newspapers. He's written in the stars for a loss against Everton on Sunday, which we'll talk about in a minute. A international break, a managerial sack, and a new manager coming in right after the international break. What do you think, Dale? Um, well, I was a bit after the Arsenal game. I was, I was quite frustrated, a bit disappointed, angry, and then um, I, I'm to be honest, I didn't watch it last night. I'm glad I didn't. Caught the highlights, um, but I'm just. No. I. Well, I go back to probably the start of the year when we got beat at home to Burnley. I think it was two 0 and at that point I felt something had to change. I felt I felt I felt we were just going drastically downhill, and to his credit, he did he did pick it up. But I've now got to that point again after the last couple of results. Um, yeah, he did get a couple of decent results against Newcastle away, PSG away, you know, Leipzig at home. I mean, I don't know if they were a fluke. Looking back at it now, I think Lee and, Lee and Danny might have mentioned that in the group chat, actually. Some of these, you know, results probably were a fluke. Um, but I've, I've, I've kind of given up with him. And I, I, I do agree with you, Chris. I, I do think it's a mixed bag of, of, of stuff as well. I do think it is partly the board, the players. I mean, some of them players there. You, Harry Maguire was not this shit at Leicester. No. Paul Pogba was not this shit at Juve. You know, Rashford at times is brilliant, but he's too inconsistent. You know, the list, the list goes on. The list goes on. I mean... Oli, if rumour has it that he had four targets in the summer and we didn't get any of them, if he would have got them, to be honest, I probably won't be talking about this. They would have improved. They would have improved the players we've got, but he didn't. And we go back to when Jose was in charge. Same situation. Didn't get his targets in the summer. By Christmas, um, he was gone, and I, 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 I think that's the case with Oli. I think Saturday's uh, it is Saturday we're playing into Everton. I think that's a massive, massive game, and not necessarily the result, but the performance. If if we don't get either, if we don't get both. I, I do think he's gone, and I've just I've just had enough of him. I've had enough of watching just utter shite. <laughs> but the, the thing the thing is we've got the players there to do miles better and it's a case of does he know how to manage these players 
can he take these players sort of to, to that next level? Can he manage these elite players? And you look at the players he has managed in the past, you know, Mould and Cardiff, you know, it's different gravy now. But I just, I just don't think he's ready to take that that jump up to that level with these players. But will Pochettino do that? If 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 he does come in, I think so. It's a strange one, isn't it? Because Moyes, when Moyes started at Old Trafford, everything looked all right. right? And then it started to, to peter around to shit and the players looked un- uninterested and it just looked fractured behind the scenes. Van Gaal comes in, things pick up again and then it ends up exactly the same. Things fractured behind the scenes. Players look disinterested. Jose, exactly the same again. Mm-hmm. Lost everyone at the end. Sochar comes in, club legend, you know, we had that fantastic run. Then it starts to, to look fractured behind the scenes again. My players look disinterested. I, the lockdown helped us massively. I think we were the, the biggest benefactors of that lockdown. I really do. We, we came back after the lockdown and, you know, bar a couple of dodgy games, West Ham, I remember being particularly poor when Pogba gave away that penalty for handball. Yeah, he was having Mikel Antonio rip the piss out of him. A <laughs> um, couple, couple of dodgy games, and then obviously the semi-finals would come unstuck. But we did incredibly well to come back from the position that we were in to, to get third place. And then we've had a summer of just absolute fucking dog shit. We, we've had our name, we've had the board, we've had the manager, we've had the players dragged for the mire. We've come back, a couple of shit results. It's picked up as the fitness has come back and we're looking at the same performances and the same body language again that you saw in Jose's last games, in Van Gaal's last games, in Moy's last games. There's just something not going right. I agree with you, Ali. I don't think he's a good manager. Go on, go on, Danny. What are you saying? Do you think think he's lost the dressing room? Because for me, the, the way we played against Arsenal, against Istanbul last night is a performance of a team that I have lost faith in the manager. And like you said, we've seen it. We've seen this cycle four times now. <clears throat> and this is, this is what we were arguing about last night. So I get every single point that you were saying last night, that it can't have been Moyes, Van Gaal, Jose and Oli's fault. Like it's not all of their faults. The play- is, our, is our squad just average? Are we are we just an average football team? Like are we we have to start asking this question now. Like like you said, they had a fucking thirty five year old Denver Bar up front last night, and Raphael, who we let go, we let go. We I mean, let's be honest, we should have never let him go. Raphael was fucking brilliant, even when we let him go. He's a great, he's a good player, Raphael. He always was a good servant to United. He loved the club. He loved the club. We had. Ollie had this thing when he first came in, and me and my mate spoke about this. It was like when we signed Gallo. He was bringing players that wanted to play for Man United. When Fergie was in charge, he had a team that wanted to play for Man United. They knew what the badge and the shirt meant. Roy Keane said it on Sky Sports the other day. Even in an empty stadium, he still fucking loves going to Old Trafford. It's still a majestic place. I don't think the starting eleven anymore cares that they play for Man United I think they care, care that they're footballers I think they care that they're getting the money but in terms of the shirt that they're wearing 
I don't think they're interested anymore. I think they're just... There's no passion. No, there isn't any passion, no. You're watching players like Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba is probably the wor- the best example for it, actually. Because he-, he just doesn't give a fuck. He's waiting for a move. If it wasn't for the fact that, that COVID hit, he would have been back at UV. I think that's pretty clear. The rumours were there all summer and even before summer. Before COVID, he was going back to UV. And I don't think he's asked. I think he's just waiting. But then that is where my issue lies with Oli because he keeps on going back to him. He keeps on going back to him rather than using Donny van der Beek, who, let's be honest, lads, has been fucking brilliant since he's played. Whenever he plays, that's when we look our best. You know, there's a few people, I've spoken to a few people who, who've been on Van der Beek's case. Like, um, Brad's one of them. We went to college with Dale. He's, he's not the biggest fan of Van der Beek. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, you know, Brad, I use Brad because he listens to the podcast and stuff, so he'll appreciate a shout out, hopefully. Um, and he's a big United fan, I know. I, and he's, he watches United all the time, and he's got a, a better opinion and a, a better chance of saying what's right than what's wrong. But there's a lot of people that have been hard on Van der Beek and stuff, but the thing about Van der Beek is he is playing a style of football that a lot of them are just not up to speed with. Pogba takes mm-hmm. a lot of time on the ball. He really does. Fred has been fantastic this season. He's been one of our best players, but sometimes he takes too much time on the ball. McTominay, like, he, he played again He played again last week and he had a fantastic performance, but there was just times when he was just dilly-dallying like, and you don't need to be doing it. The thing about Van der Beek is it's in and it's out. It's too touch. It's finest. Danny, you've played football for years. You play football more than I play football, and I grew up playing it. How many times, yeah, first drill that you used to do on your Tuesday, your Thursday night, you used to go training, two touch. Small yeah, square, yeah. two touch, go. Yeah. The whole thing about football is the ball moves faster. You used to say it in the podcast before. The ball moves faster than the man. Give and go. Give and go. Give and go. Give and go. And the bait's fantastic at it because you come for that Ajax Academy where you just play that style of football. It's just drilled into the total football. He's the more I think about it now, the more I think he was brought in to replace Pogba. I think Pogba's mm-hmm. wrong. To say that you want to go to Real Madrid as well is your dream move is just Scholes wouldn't have said that when he played for United. Ever wouldn't have. Ferdinand wouldn't have. I think I the only player who said that was Ronaldo. And we give Ronaldo a pass for that because Ronaldo stayed longer for us to make and we honoured his move because of it. Exactly. And also, Ronaldo won a fucking Ballon d'Or while playing for us. Paul Pogba's had about six good games in the last three years. We said it in the group before. I, I said the, the, the last good game I can remember Pogba having was Watford last season. Yeah. Before that, it was Leicester years ago when we were in Munich. Yeah, yeah. A few years ago. And he had a, he had a half-decent game in the derby when we won 3-2 when he scored two. But the real star of that show was Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, tell a lie. That was, oh, that that was a great was like, game for Pogba. Yeah, the, th- the thing that about Van der Beek, just going to the back there before we get for the halftime break, he reminds me a lot of Juan Mata. When Juan Mata came to United, he played that exact same football because he doesn't have the legs for it, Mata, and he still doesn't now because obviously he's aged. But it's get the ball, touch, go, find more space. You look at Van der Beek, he's not looking for a pass. He's looking for his next position. Every time he's got the ball, he's looking for his next position. Yeah. And then... I'm just going to end on this. 
Bruno yesterday gave the ball away 34 times. When, when was the last time? Not off. When was the last time Bruno had a good game? Bef- well, probably before lockdown. Was it, we can't be too hard on Bruno because he's he, he got us to third. Let's face it, he pretty much single-handedly got us to oh, third no. last season. Oh no, yeah, no doubt in that. But when the, when it looks like a player might need a bit yeah. of a break or a bit of a rest, it's, yeah. it's going to have to happen. And I'm, this is where I think Van der Beek might need be you know step in, maybe for a game or two. You know, just just to give sort of Bruno maybe a kick up the arse and go look, your performances haven't been up to scratch since we come back. I think I think he was good against PSG because he was given the armband and he was given that responsibility. But apart from that, I'm with you. I can't remember his last good game. Regardless, big one for Oliver this weekend. Has to win. Must win game. Are we drinking? I have moved to Golden Champion by Badger. Dorset Brewers. Still on that whiskey, mate. Four roses. I am on uh, Old Faithful, Jaipur. Oh, I had them. Um, what was that? Erdinger. May have, may, have, uh, may have bought myself a little bit of Coke, you know, Oktoberfest, Rewind. Oof. <laughs> Stop it. I, I remember when I was um, I was in a German bar when I was in China with my uh, with mate's girlfriend over there, and absolutely blew her mind when I ordered an Erdinger and Coke, and she was like, "What the?" I was like, "Wait, no judgments, wait." That went to a better place than I thought it was because I thought you were going to say I went to a German bar in China with my ex girlfriend and I blew her. And I was going to be like, "Well." <laughs> I've got a series of questions here. <laughs> I'm staying out of this. It's not worth it. Was <laughs> My first question was going to be, was your ex-girlfriend Thai? In, in China, no. Surprisingly not. <laughs> <laughs> Before we move on, lads, we get back to um, Slayton United, shittest team in the world. That player in Wales, Mark Lloyd-Williams, his name was. Okay. I want to hear some statistics. Honestly, it'll blow your mind this. Right, so he started his career in 1992 at Port Maddock. Had a couple of uh, had a couple of spells, or had one spell there and then a spell at Bangor. Went to Stockport County once upon a time. Oh, yeah. So this is the point I'm trying to make. So at Bangor City in 94-95 season, he scored 21 in 29. Good Went done. to County, scored 1 in 18. <sighs> I mean, just shows you the, the standard. Had another stint at Bangor uh, a few years later, scored 31 in 58, which is a great record. Went to Halifax Town, scored six in 24. You know what I mean? Like, so he was like that his whole career. The best one is this. Went back to Bangor Town for a third time in 2000. Between 2000 and 2002, he scored 68 in 55. Yeah. Unreal. Play for TNS 2004-2006, 60 in 67. Mad stats those, aren't they? Never made the Welsh squad. Don't even think he came close. Wales B squad was the highest he got. Just shows you the standard of the league, doesn't it? It's crazy, that. That is actually crazy how um, how different 
or, or maybe not how different, just how lower the standard must be over there. If I was to speculate, I mean, I think when you went to see Hyde the other night, I think if you put Hyde in the Welsh Premier League, they would probably be challenging, I'd imagine. That that just says a lot about the league. And it, you listen, there's some good players in the world. I'm not slagging any players off at all who play in the Welsh Premier League. If you play in the Welsh Premier League, you're playing football to a very high standard. It's better football than I am. Exactly. It, it, it's more to show you the levels between... Well, that and the conference where people think that the, the level of football is crap anywhere below the football league. Well, it's not. Trust me. These no, lads no. are good. They're very, very good. No. A special shout out to Stockport County last night who, for some reason, had to replay their FA Cup fourth qualifying game mm. against Chesterfield because they fielded an eligible player and won the game. And the FA decided... During COVID times, by the way, where you could avoid more travel and more mixing of people, instead of following the actual rules and giving Stockport the bye and disqualifying Chesterfield to replay the game. But it don't matter, because County won 4 0. Up the fucking atters. Unreal. And now they've got a, a way day to Rochdale on Saturday in the first round of the FA Cup proper. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the first round now that they're in? But... It is, mate, yeah. Quality how, how, long, how long has that been since they've made the proper... In a while. It's been a while. And I tell you what, they will go and challenge Rochdale. They really will go and challenge Rochdale. They, um, I watched them play each other in pre-season. County's pre-season was really weird because of the way the Football League was working. They had to play all of the higher league teams first and then drop down to like their level. Whereas normally you start off with the shitters and then work your way up, don't you? Yeah. Uh, and Rochdale only beat them 2-0, I think it was. But County gave them a really good game. Uh, and County flying high in the league. It could be an interesting one. It could be a really interesting game, that. Game. I wouldn't be surprised if County went and got a result. Financially, it'd be massive for them. Well, you forget sometimes. the fans. Aren't... I was about to say financially, it'd be massive for them if they beat Rochdale and got to the second round. But is it? Well, is it fans and stadiums? It's being streamed on iFollow. And Rochdale is splitting it 50-50 with County, which is good. So still, there is going to be some income coming in from it. Yeah, it. 40 for 15, folks. Put your money where... Or put your money into channels where the teams actually need it, rather than massive conglomerates bleeding Premier League and all that. Yeah. Um, let's move on to something that we, we touched upon before. But if the worst was to happen this weekend... And the Everton Beatles, I think it's pretty certain that Ollie's gone, you know, especially oh. with the with the international break, a couple of weeks to mull it over for the board. Is Pochettino the man? Is he the man to step in? And I'm not gonna. I could be here for hours giving my opinion. I'm gonna let you guys just ramble on on this one, and then I'll sort of cut in where necessary. Is Poch the one that's going to get us back to the top? I, I would say yes. Purely by the fact that there's no one else either out there at the moment. That was going to be my exact answer. I think. Um, do I think Pochettino will turn us into a title winner? No. Is he the best available option? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you can look at his 
his work that he's done with uh, his last two clubs, you know, Southampton, um, he brought, you know, they were they were a solid, I think they were top six for a couple of seasons, straight seasons, or around about there, to, you know, top six, top eight. Um, obviously, worked his magic and, and, and got himself the the job at Spurs, you know, where I think when he took over, I think Spurs had maybe not finished above Arsenal for God knows how many years. And, you know, he turned that around pretty quick. He, he, he got them sort of top two, top three for a couple of straight seasons, you know, Champions League final. You know, yeah, he, he's not necessarily won the trophies, but you can't say he's not been sort of kind of successful in, in what he's done, at, at the, you know, especially at those two clubs anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, in terms of what what's out there at the moment, Poch is probably by far um, a higher calibre of, of manager um, that we should probably have. Yeah, I think I agree completely. Um, like I said, worked his magic at Southampton. Uh, that point you've just made there is a really interesting one where Arsenal always finished above Spurs. I think since Pochettino took over and now has obviously left, Arsenal haven't finished above Spurs in that time period. Um, which, yeah, I could talk about Arsenal's decline, but it, it Arsenal's decline doesn't also happen without Spurs going up. Like, the two can go hand in hand. And we've seen that. Like you said, Spurs got to the Champions League final. Whether we agree with his decisions in the Champions League final for starting Kane over Lucas, that is another conversation for another day. Um, I just think he is... He is a team builder. He's a man manager. I think he would get more out of them players than Oli is. I think he's not going to be scared of dropping anyone. I think if someone's not performing, I think he is just going to tell them to, you know, book your ideas up or get out of the club. I think someone said it in one of my chats today, United are now a project. Like we've gone from being the top club in the world. We're now a, a rebuild project exactly what Spurs was, exactly what Southampton was. It's the Pochettino special. He, he is the manager to come in and rebuild again. Um, yeah, I think, I think out of the managers that are available, who's the next best one? Allegri? Do we care? Yeah, I mean, well, he's in a... I think he's, predominantly he works in the Italian league anyway, isn't he? Or the Italian national... Yeah. Team and time. it's different, different brand of football that completely in it over there and what we what it is here. Um, I think, um, but we popped as well. Say we had that, you know, we had that result yesterday. Um, I couldn't see Ollie at full time pointing the finger. You were shit. That was a shambles. That was embarrassing. Yeah. You know. Um, I was going to ask you that question. Well, could, could you imagine okay. after that first goal, Ollie going into the dressing room and lambasting them? Can't, it won't happen. It, it, it won't happen. He'll, uh, you know, he, he's too nice. He's, he's too soft. He'll put his arm, you know, he put his arm around your shoulder and say, "Don't worry, mate. Don't worry, Harry." Chin up, Parkhead. You know, but I can see, I can see Poch. You know, if if if, if Poch was there, it 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 you know, be completely different. He'll probably lay it straight. Um, like I say, probably won't be scared to drop anyone. Yeah. Don't give a fuck what the board says. He's doing shit. Fuck off. Get someone else in. Um, yeah, that's, probably, that's, 
Yeah, I mean, it's probably one 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 of my other negatives for Ollie. Like I say, I just don't think he's got that bit of ruthlessness to him. Um, you know, he's not. What would have been great for Ollie is if he brought Keane in as part of his coaching team. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. You don't want people to fucking be assaulted, do you? No, but like he, so Keane lacks what Ollie hasn't got. Bit, yeah, he'll strike a bit of fear into the players. Which, I, can't, you know, I don't think I don't think the players are scared of Michael Carrick. Like if you look at Ollie's coaching team, you've got Ollie, who even when pissed off is still smiling. Like I saw, we saw him lose against Arsenal and he was smiling at full time. You've got uh, Fingy McKenna, who is was the youth team coach. Doesn't look like he could fucking shout at anyone. Carrick, who played with half the squad, so they probably still see him as a mate rather than a coach. And then Mike Phelan, who's about 164 years old. You know, he was was there when Bobby Charlton was playing for United. Like, I thought, there's no one in that coaching lineup that would tell me they have bollocked that defence for that first and second goal. Let's be honest, the second goal was horrific. Bruno's pass to Matter was awful. How Matter was expected to try and deal with that was atrocious. And then, yeah, Matt lost it, maybe a bit too easily, but I'm not going to criticise him too much because he was put in a shit situation there. But the defensive positional awareness... Nah, I can't not go mad for it. There's no, there's no leaders, you know, players or staff. You know, like we, got, we go back to the key era. You know, you, you cock up, he's, you know... He's, he's laying into you. And then when he went, you know, we had we had Vidic, you know, he he, he was an absolute rock. You know, he, he wouldn't, you know, take shit either. And then when he when he wasn't available, Ever, you could you can see how passionate Ever is on Sky Sports. You know, you could see that probably going to be exactly the same when he was in, you know, the dressing rooms after, after a, you know, a 3-0 loss to, you know, an absolute shite team or whatever. But, and then obviously you had Fergie back in the day. But you look at, you look at the team now, and the, and the staff, and it's like who's who's taking on that responsibility? I know Maguire's a captain, but to me, he doesn't seem like he'd be he'd be one of those that you know he did something wrong and put a foot wrong, he'll be down your throat. Maguire is the captain, but he's not a captain. Mm-hmm. No, I mean you know when we've said that before, it must sound like we're slagging off Maguire. I listen, I think Maguire's a top class defender. I, I really do. Maguire's a fantastic defender. But you're only, there's two things with Maguire. You're only as good as the players around you. And the defence is just all over the place at the moment. I mean, I think it, I think it's bad that we don't know what our best defence is. Do you know what I mean? And, and we've tried we've tried Shaw, Lindelof, Maguire and Wambasaka. And I'm sorry, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Is that like two and a half, three years? I can only guess recruitment, lads. Uh, if if I could guess, all the rumours were that he wanted Upper Meccano over the summer and it's not happened. He's he's not been able to get him. And I think Upper Meccano was available for, was it 45 million his, his clause was? Or something around that mark. And and we've not gone out and got him, which he's going to come back to bite us. Right? Someone's, going to, someone's going to pay that clause and someone's going to get a top class defender that's by the by like we're talking about players that aren't playing for United the other thing about Maguire is I think he's had a bit of a rough summer he's low on confidence 
And I don't think he has the greatest captain's attributes anyway. Like when the going gets tough, Maguire is a feel sorry for himself character. We don't need someone who feels sorry for themselves. Juventus 99, we went 2 0 down in 11 minutes. Filippo Inzaghi twice. Yeah. Roy Keane did not feel sorry for himself. Produced one of the best performances from any United player in any game, let alone a captain's performance. And it, it was everything he did that game was perfect in terms of how he rallied the boys, pulled the fucking goal back for us, fucking got booked for the cause and sacrificed his place in the final. He was everywhere that night. He was all over the place. And you're talking about a team of superstars in Juventus. They had Zidane, they had Davids, they had Inzaghi, they had fucking player after player after player, just top, top class. And we were not supposed to win that semi-final from 2-0 down. And we managed to fucking do it. We managed to do it and beat her in the own backyard. That's a captain's performance. Maguire, I've never seen do that. When the going's got tough, I've never seen him produce that. But the problem is, who else is there? There's no one else that I can think of who would do that for United. We just don't have those characters in the dressing room. I I have such a golden segue there of you talking about Juve 99 and their manager at the time, Carlo Ancelotti, managing the team who could put the final nail in Ollie's coffin this weekend. We need to move on, lads. Everton. The boys that were playing, the early leaders that seem to have just completely fallen off a cliff. What the fuck is going on? We said last week, didn't we? Listen, no one was expecting Everton to win the league, but you take a couple of players out because of injuries and suspensions and it gets difficult. Yeah. That's as far as it goes for me. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, Dale? Um, yeah, I think part of that as well. Um, I also think the league is now catching up with itself and I think the results are now starting to balance out, not just for Everton, but for the whole, for the whole, for the whole league. Um, I think everyone's sort of had their pre-season now and I think we're going to start well I think we have started to see none of this 7-2 business you know we're starting to get quite a few sort of closer games um, or results going the the way that they should be but I I still think Everton are are still playing you know great football yeah they're missing a couple of key players but I still think it'll be a, a, a tough game. I think Everton will probably nick it anyway, you know, at their place. Um, I think they're just playing the better football than we have. They've probably got a bit more confidence than what we have. Um, just a shame Josh is not on the not on the uh, podcast tonight, but I'm sure he'd have quite a bit to say. But I'm sure he predicts um, a 1-1. He's what, sorry? I'm sure he predicts a 1-1 draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joking. He'd be like, it's 1-0 United. <laughs> <laughs> we've drawn the last few haven't we we've drawn the last few but the, the X factor for me this weekend is we are uh, backs to the wall low on confidence and it's going to go one way or the other it's either going to be that we've been in this position a few times with Ollie and we produce a fantastic performance which gets us out of the mire and buys him a bit of time or Rodriguez and Dina are back I believe for this game and that is not going to be good news for us no I I think 
win, lose, or draw, if the performance is poor, I still think Ollie's gone. I, I think he got the vote of confidence today. That notification, we all got it from Sky Sports today. The, the board back it. You know, we've been here many times with many clubs. When the board comes out and makes a statement like that, it means you are on your way out. We all know it. We didn't I think, even get that. No. We got, we got the board again pissed off and they've sent Potch a voicemail saying, yeah, mate, are you, you've not got any plans in the next few months, have you? I think, I think win, lose or draw, that we could be very well looking at all these last game on, on Saturday, no matter what. Uh, what are we thinking for score predictions, boys? Do you know what? Um, if what you've just said, Chris, is, is true and James and Ignira back and the start and the fully fit and I know well he got banned anyway so he should be you know he's not injured is he um, and we went there a couple of years ago and got stuffed 4-0 I'm I won't be surprised if we if there was a similar result maybe not 4 but the, the manner of the performance maybe a 2-0 but a, a very comfortable 2-0 to Everton or, or something along those lines uh, I just, just with everything going on, I just can't see us getting any, anything positive out of that. He might, he might surprise us like he usually does every, you know, every one every six or seven games. He'll, he'll pop up with a, a random result. I.e., the PSG one the other week, and <laughs> but, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fearing a, a very comfortable loss to be honest. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird what a difference a week can make. Because the thing with Ollie is, when he gets his tactics right, he, he gets them bang on, like spot on. And you saw that against PSG. You saw that against Leipzig. And when he made the changes that he needed to make against Newcastle, it was absolutely fantastic what, what happened in the last 10, 15 minutes of that game. But... I could see, I could see being very uninspired this weekend, but I think Everton are in a little bit of a rut as well. And I'm going to say that it, it is going to be a one-all draw. I could see a one-all draw. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I called it last week when I said it was going to be a very grim game between Newcastle and Everton, and I'm predicting again a very grim game between United and Everton. Um, both teams. I will be very scared to lose. Um, I I think the I genuinely think the game will be decided on a mistake. I don't think there's going to be many magic like moments of magic. I think it's going to be a very tense and tedious game. I mean, I don't know about you two, but I've nearly fallen asleep in the last two Premier League games for Man United, um, especially that Arsenal one. I remember very well, like checking my phone. Like I was on it for most of that first half. Yeah, because it was so fucking boring. Uh, I could see it being a one-one, and if it's a very uninspiring one-one, I can see that being the end for Solskjaer. I really can. I, I think a one-one will do Everton some good. Get some, get a point back on the board. Like I said, Dinya and Hamez back, all the way, and then and then is uh, Richarlison and Coleman. I don't see a scenario where we win though. Like I see them winning or us drawing way more realistic than us going there and winning. I, do you know, exactly like I said a minute ago, you know, if we went there and stuffed Everton, I wouldn't be shocked because every other time Ollie seems to have had his back against the wall, 
yeah. it's happened and he's pulled he's pulled a fantastic result out of the bag. But I can see Everton stopping us as well. I just think with both teams low on confidence with the situations, I've taken a little bit from both of what you've said. And I think it is going to be cagey affair, 1-1. One, one. I think, you know, you look at the start of the season and you, Everton will be, you know, after seven games, I don't, I don't think Everton would have predicted being third or fourth in the league or whatever it is, three points off top. You know, and we certainly wouldn't have predicted 15th. You know, no. one draw, three home losses or whatever it is in the first four games. You know, <laughs> we've got the same home form as Fulham. Oh, don't. Mate, Fulham are only three points behind us. I know Fulham won the other day. I can't fucking believe it. Speak, speaking of the, the top four or five and teams not being predicted where they go, I'm just going to dot between some of the fixtures this weekend. Uh, tomorrow night, Southampton, Newcastle. Southampton, by the way, bleeding brilliant. What a football team they are to watch at the moment. But they've lost Danny Ings for a month. They have. They have indeed. I think, I think, I, I think with that, as, well, as much as Danny Ings, I, said, I think I said that on the last podcast, their form and, and Danny Ings' form obviously will be a massive loss but I also think Danny might have mentioned Che Adams has, has sort of blossomed a little bit this season as well Yeah. Um, James Ward-Prowse uh, Prowse just seems to be banging in free kicks here there and everywhere fucking brilliant weren't they <sighs> he is he's the English Shunsuke Nakamura that boy <laughs> what a guy you know he's still playing? Fantastic. Fuck off, he's not. Yeah, he's still playing. Fuck off, he's not. I, I'm, deadly, I'm deadly serious, he's still playing. Why are you chatting your shit? <laughs> if you, I'm telling you now, if you just pull something out of your ass and it's a lie, I can't trust anything you say anymore. He's still playing. He's still signed to a club. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> How, many, oh, how old is he? Mate, he's 42 years old. Oh, God. He scored. There's a guy in the Japanese league who's 53. He scored. Well, it is the Japanese league. He yeah. scored a goal against us in the Champions League for Celtic in, like, I, I want to say, like, 2004 or something like that. Yeah. And he was, like, he was 35 then. It's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> it's fucking insane. I, I tell you what, I go, go back to the point, Ward Prowse. I mean, in terms of dead ball specialists, you, you see him come along every now and again, don't you? I mean, Ward Prowse for me is a decent player. Like, he, he does everything. He's a, he's a neat and tidy midfielder, and he? he does everything sort of quite well, above average. But he can fucking hit a free kick, like, you see it every now and again, though, you like the, the likes of Nakamura, um, Janinho, if you remember Janinho for... Uh, uh, for Leon. Yeah, for Leon. He, he was a fantastic dead ball specialist. Uh, Juan Roman McKelmey, he was fantastic over a set piece. Don't Jesus, you pulled that one out of the bag there, son. What the man Riquelme is. <laughs> From the golden era of football boys, that, that early noughties, you know the score. The thing, the thing is with Ward Prowse is he's for years because like obviously one of my best friends is a Southampton fan, 
I so we talk about. Thought you were gonna say War Prowse is my best friend now. He's just shiny shirt now. He's on the podcast next week, boys. Um, yeah, like, and we spoke about War Prowse a lot because every time I seem to watch them, all he did was just lord War Prowse's. Oh, he's a set piece specialist. Oh, he's a set piece specialist. And I don't think I've ever sc- seen him score a free kick until just recently. Like his delivery on corners and crosses is outstanding. But this season. I, in fact, I'll take it back to last season when he was given the armband. It was midway through the season, Hasselhoel gave him the armband, and he just seems to have developed into a very, very good centre midfielder. There was a point in that Aston Villa game where they were 4-0 up, and I think Romeo was trying to take a really quick throw in. And he was like, no, 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 no. Chill the fuck out. It's 4-0. Let's not do anything stupid. And it's like, he's maturing into his role now. I didn't see the England squad earlier. Was he part of the England squad today? I think he was, yeah. He deserves it. I think, he's, I, think he's, I think he's a great footballer. Um, that Dead balls aside, like he's really controlling Southampton games now. Uh, his goal against Everton was fantastic. His two free kicks against Villa were sensational. Um, Southampton just seem, at the moment, like they're on absolute fire and I don't know where it ends. Yeah, I mean, to me, they seem a very, a, a very, very solid team at the moment. Mm. Um, and like I say, we, me and Josh, predicted this at the start, but you know, the, the form they've carried it on, you know, from from the back end of like, well, like I said, ever since that nine nil drumming, they've yeah. just been, just been fantastic. Um, and like I say, he's he's got them playing some really good stuff. I mean, they do that high press. For like literally for like ninety minutes, that yeah. it seems really really fit, uh, which you know has has won them probably won them a lot of games, you know, the, and um, yeah, I think they're deserving of where they are. To be honest, I mean, I think they I think they had a dodgy result against Spurs, was it four one or whatever? It ended up being just looking at how oh, yeah they lost five two against Spurs and they lost one nil on the opening day against Palace. But like, I think you were talking about it last week, Chris, about Brighton and them coming to the season fit, whereas no other team was. I think Southampton were a bit like us, where they didn't start that season fit at all. Maybe it's because of the high-pressing stuff like you're talking about, Dale, where the players ran ragged and they, need a bit of, they needed a bit of time to recover. But after that Spurs result, I mean, I remember that Spurs game very well. For 45 minutes, they were the best team bar none, like Spurs didn't have a look in for 45 minutes and then Harry Kane decided to turn into prime fucking De Bruyne. <laughs> He's been unreal this season, Kane, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. no <laughs> sorry. He hasn't. he hasn't. Let me just be, I'm just channeling my inner No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> He's not here today. It's fine. Um, yeah, no, sorry. I wanted to talk about that. Gareth <laughs> Bale's a myth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Saturday, there's not a lot really going on. Like, Palace, Leeds, Chelsea, Sheffield, West Ham, Fulham. No one really cares. Are we? Are, they, are we? Um, I think I might have slated Chelsea a few podcasts ago about their defence. Yeah. And ever since I've said that, Mendy has kept probably four clean sheets in a row since then. Maybe I know he's done six in seven or something like that, or seven in a row. I think uh, in five games has conceded none and scored ten. 
Yeah. <laughs> no. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, fair play. Fair play to Frankie. They've got that they've got that signing spot on. And Thiago Silva had a shaky start against Palace and a shaky game the game after. But fuck me, he has looked incredible since that game. Yeah. He looks outstanding. You look you look at Werner as well. Werner's started to, to pick up. He's got he's he's bagging goals here now. Yeah. Yeah, he is. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, boys, we have a few very tasty games. Two o'clock, Leicester versus Wolves. Oh, that's a good game, that. It's a great game, isn't it? Because Leicester currently sat in third, or is it, are they in second? Uh, second, Leicester. Yeah. Only two points ahead of Wolves in sixth. Uh, two in four teams. That, that could go either way. It's always going to be Leicester for me. Yeah, I'm current four. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you think. Like that would that screams Leicester to me. That tight game, but Leicester win that one. It does for me. The only thing that I'm is sort of swaying me this way, and we've not seen it yet. But Leicester being in Europe, like Wolves are coming in fresher. Leicester are playing. Fair point. To be fair. But we haven't really seen European exploits affecting teams yet this season. So, uh, yeah, probably too e- easy to say. I, I reckon Leicester will probably nick it. I reckon it's going to be a very exciting game, though. I think it'll be a very exciting game. And then the one after it, so that's at two o'clock. At half four, the early title decider, City versus Liverpool. Oh, you know what? Like I've forgotten until you've just noticed it. That, no, it's until you've mentioned it then. Like You forget this game is this weekend. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is a, a belter of a game, that. It really is a fantastic game, that. I don't it's know which way it's going to go. It's phenomenal. Look at the last last few results. City 4, Liverpool 0. Liverpool 3, City 1. A 1-1, one, one, a 2-1, and then a 0-0. Nil, nil. Both teams are coming in on winning form. That That is... That, that game could be fucking incredible, you know. Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Because the problem is yeah. Liverpool's defence, but then City haven't got a recognised striker at the moment. Well, Jesus is back, isn't he? Is he back? He scored on Tuesday. Um, but he's not Aguero. No, this is the thing. Like, he's he really isn't. I don't know. Where, I don't know where that goes. You know. I don't. I think. I don't know about you, but I just don't think they're they're both playing their best football at the moment. No, no. I think the far. I think the far from it. And for that reason, I'm I'm probably going to go for a quite a tight, contested maybe a draw. One-one or something. I can't see either side nicking it. Um. I don't. It's a funny one. Like say, if this was. Well, last season, you know, you could you could probably say there's going to be tons of goals in it, like it was, you know, probably end to end. But I just think the football are playing both sides. I don't think they're at the, they're at the best yet. No, for one reason or another, and I think it might be a bit, bit of a close one. I I can see this going one of two ways. I can see if Liverpool win, it's going to be a cagey one, like you said. 
It's going to be very yeah. like a one nil or a two one. Or I can see City absolutely wiping the pissing floor with them. Because Liverpool's defence this season has been fucking dreadful. Yeah, it's not been great, has it? If if Sterling turns up, if Mares turns up, if De Bruyne turns up, Trent Robbo and Joe Gomez and whoever his fucking partner is, is, is it gonna be Williams again? Who looked who don't get me wrong, looked good against West Ham the other night. Uh, I think he got man of the match. Uh, but what player on his debut doesn't get man of the match these days? It's a fucking fraud award. Um, but they they could absolutely wipe the pissing floor with them. And when you said about the team, like they've not, neither of them have shown up yet. I think this is the one where City do turn up. I think this is the one that City have been waiting for. They've been battering teams in Europe. Uh, they scraped one against um, Sheffield, didn't they, the other day? Yeah. I mean, that Sheffield United is such a weird team to go against at the moment. You don't know which one's going to turn up. They were poor against West Ham. They just about beat City. And I'm sticking with my guns. I'm saying City wipe the pissing floor with Liverpool. I reckon 4 1. What are you saying, Babs? I think Danny might have just twisted me arm there a little bit and just put me. <laughs> yeah, to, to be fair, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, to be fair, I didn't, I didn't even think about that defence, to be fair, of Liverpool's. Um, yeah, I'll probably go... I, I, on that, I'll probably go for a City win then. 2-1. I'll go. Oh, it's difficult to say because it could go... It could go a few ways, but... Literally, by definition, it could go a win, yeah. loss, or draw a, a yeah. few ways. It could go a <laughs> few ways, yeah. Like, just like every other football game. <laughs> I'm going to say City. I'm going to say City. And the reason why I'm going to say City is because they're looking a bit, they're looking a bit better at the back since Diaz has come in. Mm-hmm. Which is a good sign because on top of Liverpool's and it sounds crazy saying this because Liverpool are top of the league and they smashed it again in Europe the other night. But, you know, apart from Jota, Salah and Mane haven't been their, their usual industrious selves. Um, Firmino is as prolific as ever. Did you see Klopp was actually questioned about him the other day? And he said, Is, Do you have a headache choosing between Jota and Firmino? And he was like, No, no, no headache. What? Sorry. Firmino should never be starting the way fucking Jotham playing. Was was it was the rest of that no headache because Firmino was getting dropped for Jota because now Jota's scoring <laughs> fucking game, goals every game. Um, yeah, they don't look as industrious going forward, do they, Liverpool? So I'm gonna say two one, say. Yeah, I'm I, say that. I think this is the one way City turn up and. They start. This is the game where they start out with the title challenge. Yes, hundred percent. Like just going out of out to an international break, they're gonna want to make a statement, aren't they? I'd love a muffin, me now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We. That was almost as bad as Shipman. That. Yeah, we've dotted all over the league. Let's um, 
let's go through the actual rest of the weekend. Um, we've, we've guessed Everton and United, haven't we? we we've said what yeah, we yeah. wanted for, what for Everton United. So just remind me because I'm gonna I'm gonna write all these down and we're gonna start doing it properly. So I said one all. What did you say, Danny? I'm going to one Everton. Right. No, I, I appreciate that. It's a, it's a good estimation. I like it. Dale, what are you saying, mate? What you uh, say? 2-0 Everton. 2-0 Everton. And then, what did you say for City, Danny? I said 4-1 City. 4-1 City, right. So, I'll write that down. And then me and Dale said 2-1. Right, so fuck it. Let's just go from game to game. So... Sounds, yeah. So, Brighton-Burnley. Yeah. Brighton-Burnley. 1-0 Brighton for me. Doesn't screen goals, does it? Really? No. no. So that means 4 0 Brighton. Put them down. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all serious, 1 0. 1 0 Brighton. You both saying 1 0 Brighton, yeah? Aye. I'm going to say Brighton, but I'm going to say 2 1. I think there'll be a couple more goals than the user expecting. So I'll say 2 1 Brighton. I mean, Burnley have got to pick up at some point, haven't they? Yeah, it's not going well for him, is it? No. Uh, Southampton, Newcastle. Uh, what, did, what did we say? Uh, 2 what, two nil. I'm going, I, two I, nil I, Southampton. I think 2-0 Southampton. I think 2 nil Southampton as well. I just don't think, as, as good as Carl Darlow is at the moment, I just can't see, I can't see Newcastle scoring goals. It's, it sounds weird that saying that I've done it because Wilson's got six and seven, but half of them are penalties, and he, they are struggling to score goals outside of him. Yeah. yeah. So it seems a bit of a foregone conclusion, that, doesn't it? That's been Southampton the form team in the league right now. Yeah. Uh, right, we've done everything United. Uh, Palace leads. Now, you see, Leeds were showing up a little bit for me in the Leicester game. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go for Leeds now because when they, when they faced Liverpool, it was a tight game and it, they could have got a result from that game, but it didn't. City, they got a very good result in that game in terms of the one-all draw. They've been quite good, solid all-season Leeds, but they really did get spanked by Leicester. Like it, it was just a complete and utter domination. It played off the park. And I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know if Bielsa's going to be beating them on the training pitch all week and they're going to bounce back or whether they're going to have another bit of a flat performance against Palace. And I'm going to go in between and I'm going to say a one-all draw. It's a yeah, chat. I mean, I, I think I'd, I'd put it in the, in the group chat. I just leads are a bit hit and miss at the minute. I can't, I just can't, I can't predict it. I can't put my uh, finger on it. Um, I mean, they got not necessarily results, but the performances against Liverpool and City, but it goes back to, you know, the start of the season, these freakish results and teams not up to scratch, you know, and stuff like that at the minute. So I think they probably played them at the right time, to be honest. Um, and then got brought down to earth a bit with with Leicester. Uh, I probably I'm, 
I might go Palace here. And I might go 2-1. There's just a bit... Uh, they might just be a bit of an awkward team for Leeds to play. Interesting. I like that. Mm. Bit of justification there as well from Dale. All right. This is such a tough game to call, you know. Yeah. Like, they're bo- both sat on 10 points. Uh, one's, one's 12th, one's 13th. They've both lost the last game, but won the game before. Palace, for some reason, I think a lot of us predicted them to go down this season, and you know they've been all right. Like they're playing and they're playing well. Um, Leeds can't defend, but Leeds can attack better than most. Um, can Palace are Palace good enough to break like the thing is it's not even breaking Leeds down is it because I think any team can attack Leeds yeah can Palace defend against that Leeds attack though I mean they've got no Rodrigo Uh, he's out with Covid yeah he's been ruled out with the Rona has he Um. Not that he's contributed many goals, but I think his his build-up play in the team will be missed. Bamford is the definition of hot and cold. You don't know whether he's going to score a hat trick or whether he's going to miss a city like he did against Leicester. I think that, I, I think you said it right. I think they were humbled in the Leicester game. I think they were really, really brought back down to earth. Um. And that's not to knock Leicester. Like Leicester were fucking brilliant in that game. But if I remember correctly, and I'm going to check the stats now, I think Leeds had more of the ball in that game, if I can remember correctly. Um, Wouldn't shock me that. Look, look, looking at the stats now, Leeds had 65% possession on lost 4 1. The thing with Leicester is, and we'll get on to Leicester in a second, obviously, the Wolves game, but Leicester are clinical. Yeah. Well, Leeds won a, Leicester won a title on 35% possession. Yeah, it's so what, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah, it's what it's what you do. It's you know it's all right saying that, you know they had sixty five percent of the ball, but it's where did they have that sixty five percent of the ball? Also true. Yeah, I I can't believe I'm spending this much time on a fucking Crystal Palace game. If I'm honest, <laughs> um, <laughs> I I am going two one Leeds United. I think I think Leeds is going to have too much for them. I think they're going to I think they're going to bounce back. Fuck me. Let's never spend that much time on Crystal Palace again. What what Danny meant there was, I just can't go against Leeds United because otherwise I might owe Chris 20 quid. Let's be honest, there is no chance in how I'm ever owing you 20 quid in this bet. Especially when we go to Chelsea versus Sheffield United. 5-0 Sheffield United. (laughs) (laughs) Get in. Tough one, tough one for Sheffield United. It's a tough run of games, isn't it? Liverpool, City, and then Chelsea. Yeah, it's a tough run that. Uh, Trust me, as a United fan, it's a it's a tough run that. We're we're of a of a similar stature to Sheffield United. It's it's tough to pick up points from these games. Did you uh, did any of you watch that Sheffield United City game? Last I, saw bit, I saw bits of it. I tell you what, I, d- I don't know if he's trying to implement something else 
Wilder, but they, they tried passing that ball in and they tried to turn it into Arsenal. Mm, I thought so, that. I don't know why, but every time they got into the final third, it was, they'd either play it back, across, you know, they never they never whipped a ball in. You know, it was, it was it, I don't know, it just wasn't Sheffield United, especially, for, you know, from last season. Mm. Um, and I don't know, you know, that's, this is contributing to why they just, they just can't bag a goal or, you know, bag a point or a win. So, I'm, I can't see other, anything other than a Chelsea win with this one. I'll probably go about 2-0. But it definitely does seem different, something different with Sheffield United this season, especially in that final third. Well, Chris Wilder came out after the game, didn't he? And he was fuming. He was furious because I listened to a, a, an interview of him on the radio after the game because I was on the way back from training. And he was furious saying that, saying like pretty much along the lines of, I don't know why we're trying to match City, you know, pass for pass, sort of style for style, because it's just never going to happen. City are just far superior than, than we are on, on the team sheet on paper. Um, and they were sort of dissecting the game. Now, I listened to after game, like commentary-wise. Um, obviously, it's hard to, to paint a picture when you're not watching it and you're just listening to it. But from what I could hear and from what I've seen in the highlights since, it's almost like they don't have confidence in the final third like they don't want to even risk playing that final pass or, or trying that through ball or trying that cross because they're, they're dreading losing possession does that make sense yeah so I think they're struggling a bit with that at the moment I think because they're so goal shy that they just don't want to risk losing possession especially against the bigger teams like City but I mean who's last season what, Mick Burney was their top scorer on it he scored what like seven I think it, I think I remember saying on the radio he was top scorer with either six or seven. Yeah, they've not they've not got you know top they've not got top prolific goal scorers in that team, and they've put an awful lot of faith in the young lad that he just brought in from Liverpool, whose bloody name escapes me. Rian Brewster. Rian Brewster, that's it. They put an awful lot of faith in him, and he's got a big price tag and stuff on him, which is you know it's it's out of the norm that for Sheffield United really to splash that much cash on a youngster. But I agree with what you said, Dale. I think if they would have played against City last week the way that they played the entire sort of duration of last season, before the lockdown, obviously, when they were a little bit poor after, I think they would have got a result. And after that long ramble, having said that, 3-0 Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) You took the words right out of my mouth. I was listening to you ramble. All that time, and I was just going to reply with 4 0 Chelsea. 4 0? Fucking hell. 2 3 and 4 0. Right. He's, he's one of them, Danny, isn't he? Like, he's, he heard me say 3 0, he has to go one bigger. I go 10 a reef, he goes 11 a reef. I've got a 7 inch, he's got an 8 inch. It's just that all the way through, isn't it? Mate, if, if me having, you having a 7 inch means I've got an 8 inch, I'll take it. I'm all right with that. To be honest, that whole example was just trying to get into the conversation that I'm making people believe about have got seven-inch penis. <laughs> um, West Ham, Fulham. Ooh, Fulham finally yeah. picking up points. West Ham without Antonio. I mean, who did he play? West Brom? Yeah, they did. Yeah. 
probably the, that's probably the only three points they're getting all season, anyway. <laughs> I was thinking that it could realistically be the only only game they win all season. They still got to play us twice, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's West Ham all day, isn't it? Yeah, it's by how much. Because West Ham in defeat against Liverpool still looked good. I don't know what the hell has happened at West Ham since COVID Moyes appeared. But even in defeat against Liverpool, they still look good. Uh, I know me and you had a strong debate about the Jota goal, whether it should have been offside or not. Um, That was the one against West Ham, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, So it... Hy- hypothetically it's a controversial goal that got them the win um, I think they've brought in Ben Rama is, who is a fucking fantastic signing mm. um, yeah I'm going short and sweet uh, 3-1 West Ham here I like it Dale uh 2-0, West Ham. I don't know why you felt the need to say West Ham, mate. I, I, I knew you didn't mean Fulham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2-0, and let me specify West Ham. Um, Fulham are that bad that I, you know, Alaire could get onto the score sheet here. Let's, not be, one of these. Let's not be silly. I mean, I'm a being silly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. It's a strong, it's a strong possibility, isn't it? You know, um, it's you know, it's it's West Ham's game to lose, and it? it's just by how many. I do think they were really unlucky against Liverpool. I think you could argue that both goals were contentious with the Salah one as well. Uh, Klopp can kick off all he wants. It was definitely a dive. He made the most of very very minimal contact. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a biased, you know, United, I hate Liverpool fan. We've seen it a lot from strikers across the Premier League. We saw a fair few from United's strikers last season. He went down. I'm not a big fan of it, but that's a conversation for another day. I just think West Ham are playing really, really well at the moment. And I think Fulham is just one of those games where it's guaranteed three points. 3-1. I'm going to say, because I think Fulham are looking a little bit better going forward with the signings they've made recently. So I'm going to agree with you, Danny. Good luck. <laughs> Moving to Sunday, West Brom Spurs. <laughs> 4 0 Spurs. West Brom haven't got a cat nails chance. <laughs> you, yeah. you, I feel like one of you two are going to pull out a strange fucking prediction right now. No. <laughs> I'm looking at Dale, and Dale's Dale's like, how many goals are Tottenham Hotspur going to score? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, obviously, I, I think Spurs win the game. I like it. Um, 
West Brom were just beaten 2 0 last week by Fulham. Yeah. So I'm going to say 5 0 Spurs. And let's be honest, lads, it probably could be more. I think we're being generous with the 3 4 and 5 nils there. Well, the, the worst team in the league is us, and they put six past us. And Fulham are the next to worst, so I'm going to say five. It's a fair show. Good logic. Game of the weekend for me, I think Leicester versus Wolves. Flying under the radar, this because of City and Liverpool. Yeah. I can't call this genuinely, you know. It's difficult, isn't it? Two on Leicester. <laughs> Just, I can't call this yet. It's difficult, isn't it? Two one Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> He's put his money where his mouth is. I love it. I think this has got draw written all over it. Mm-hmm. One one. Okay. I don't know whether to be different here now. To complete the trifecta of potential results, I'm going 2-1 Wolves. If I can ask, what makes you think, with Leicester's recent results as well, what makes you think Wolves? Because I don't think Wolves have been spectacular at all this season. And I said this in the other podcast, that I don't think Wolves have been spectacular this season. The sat in sixth. They've had the best start to a season in 40 years. Leicester have just played. Leicester have got, still have injury problems. They've got no Soyuncu, they've got no Castagna, no Johnny Evans, no Pereira, no Ndidi. That, that is big problems to have. Indeed. <laughs> we, we covered City Liverpool, didn't we? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even continuing with that game after that fucking remark. I'm not even continuing. <laughs> no, Wolves and Wolves and me are. I think Wolves are a big X factor this season. We've we've not been in Europe. I think we said it a couple of weeks ago they've spent big this season and they really have spent big. Yeah, and they're not in Europe and they're clicking and they're firing. I think they're going to go under the radar a lot this season. Because no one's paying attention to them, they everyone expects them to be hovering in sixth because that's the that's the team that Nuno's built there now, and I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna be a con to deal with. Like, to put it nicely, I really think they're gonna be a horrible team, and I just think Leicester's injuries and the fact that they played last night like, tonight, and also for the sake of being different. I think mean, that's why I'm going with Wolves. Yeah, I think if you look back at um, a couple of weeks ago, they played um, Leeds away, mm. and again, I think I think Leeds had a lot of the ball, and I think away from home, Wolves are quite comfortable with that. Yeah. They don't they don't mind having any of the but you know if the other team you know home team's got plenty of the ball, don't bother them whatsoever, which I think might be this will be the case here with Leicester. I think Leicester will have plenty of the ball, and I think Wolves will. They won't mind that whatsoever. 
And that's an interesting fact because less, I don't think Leicester are comfortable with the ball. Mm. I, think, I think Leicester like being the team to counter-attack. I don't think Leicester are comfortable in possession. I think they like getting the ball, getting to someone like Tielemans and releasing Vardy instantly. And if Wolves can nullify that by being the team that Leicester want to be, like yeah. I think, I think Leeds, I think not Leeds. I think Wolves could really. I think, I think, I think, I genuinely think Wolves will win that game. I really do. You look at you go back to Leicester when they got stuffed West Ham at home. Yeah. Same scenario. Mm-hmm. Leicester had plenty of the ball. West Ham just sat back, said, "Hey, are you, you do what you want with it." Got They're caught a bit like in the way, aren't they? Yeah, got caught two or three times on the on the counter. Yeah. And lost three 0 A bit like so, us. When, when, yeah. when teams get back, they don't really know how to break it down. When teams attack them, they know exactly how to break it down. Yep. Well, I said it I said it a few podcasts back about Leicester. There's a specific way that they like to play because their focal point is Jamie Vardy. Yeah. And they can. Jamie Vardy's not the sort of striker who thrives for a team who has the majority of possession and likes to make those intricate sort of tiki-taka passes and then little little through balls here and there. He's not a footballer, Jamie Vardy. He's a speed merchant with a fantastic finish. That That's always been his strength. So it is always going to be counter-attacking football. So, yeah, I do think it could go that way. I think if, think if Wolves sit back and say, all right, come on then, like, it could go that way. But I can't see Wolves doing that, to be honest. I think it's going to be a bit of a slobber knocker of a game. Like They'll both have a go. I think Leicester have just proved to me this season that they're, they're slightly better on form and they're slightly more prolific, which is why I've gone the way I've gone. But I, I could see it going, now that you've justified it, Danny, I could see it going 2-1 Wolves. And that's for me why it's game of the weekend as far as I'm concerned. Like mm. it, it's, it's been completely overshadowed by uh, City and Liverpool, which could be very cagey. And I mean, I know I, I predicted... City winning 4-1, but it could very easily be the other way around. You've got two attacking teams there that also work well on the counter-attack, and it's just a really interesting dynamic between Leicester and Wolves. And if I remember, I can't remember what the last results were. Oh, well, I shall not have looked at that. The three of the last five results have been nil-nil. No, I can't see it being that sad. I can't see it being that was a 4-3, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look at that one instead. Yeah, I can see it being that sort of game, to be honest. But we'll stick to the three goals each, like we've gone. Babs, you've yeah. gone on Last game of the weekend? The last game of the weekend, because we've covered City Liverpool, is Arsenal versus Villa. The last time these two teams played, I seem to recall, end of last season, and it was one of the big games that, well, ended up in Villa staying up. It was 1 0. Treasure Gate's got a screamer. Good goal. Great goal. Villa have looked shaky recently. Um, I think they started the season very well. I haven't. I don't. I think they've lost the last two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but they are they are level on points with Arsenal right now. They're both sat on twelve. Aston Villa do have a game in hand. Hmm. Do you know what? This is another one that I could see going either way. Arsenal, uh, and we'll, we'll say it on here because we've, we've been saying it in the group, but Arsenal have been getting all the plaudits in the world over the last week about 
oh, the performance against Man United was fantastic and all the rest of it. And we made this abundantly clear. Arsenal won 1-0 and it was a penalty. If Arsenal never got that penalty, they were never scoring. It's just not clinical. I said it last week. We all said it last week. They're absolutely woeful going forward, Arsenal, at the moment. I don't know what's going on with Bamiang. He is just bollocks. Lacazette is bollocks. They just have no goals coming from anywhere unless they're playing fourth place in the Irish Premier League. Now, when it came to our game the other day, I think that was more how poor we were rather than how good Arsenal were. And I agree with you, Danny. You said last night that there was a couple of good performances for Arsenal, mainly Party. Thomas Party had a great game. But I just think we were absolutely shocking. And I think it it more speaks volumes that Arsenal could only beat us with a penalty for how bad we were than anything that Arsenal did spectacularly, if that makes sense. I don't think Arsenal won that game United. Yeah, 100%. 100%, I think. And if you watch Villa now, I know Villa went 4-0 down against Southampton, but... Fucking, it, it almost took four goals to make Villa wake up. And if you watch the last 20 minutes of that game, Villa were all over him like a rash. Oh, brilliant. They were fantastic. Ended up being what looked like a competitive scoreline in the end. If that Villa turns up, I think Arsenal are getting smashed. I'm going to say 3-1 Villa. Oh, he's gone there. He has gone there. Wow. I don't know how you follow up with that. <laughs> I know, I was waiting for you to speak then. Um, I thought, I'll be honest, I've got a completely different opinion. I just... I think this this, this is the game. Aubameyang comes back to form. I... I'm probably got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I think Arsenal are gonna absolutely slate these three nil. Dale, I'm embarrassed. I don't even know. like. I, do you know? What? I don't even like Arsenal. The shite. But <laughs> I don't know. So much just say. Just so much just saying. This this game's just gonna go one way. Dale, I'm embarrassed for you. Like, you know, you, you're so wrong. Right? <laughs> but bless you. Like, you go out on your shield, mate. <laughs> and I am going to cut you both right down the middle. Nil, nil. I see Emmy Martinez returning to the Emirates and causing them a fucking nightmare. You know what, Bab's right. We, we we've been quite outlandish with all the other games. Like you know, I'm looking at my sheet here, and we've gone three nils and and five nils here and everywhere. Danny's been exactly the same, and it's come to the last game, and he's put a nil nil down for Arsenal and Aston Villa. That's and do you want to know why? Because I see them cancelling each other out completely. I see them completely cancelling each other out. I think. They're both teams that are all right. That's what they are. They're all right. 
like you've got a couple of outstanding players, but those outstanding players cancel each other out. Grealish and Party cancel each other out. Abamyang and Martinez cancel each other out. Lacazette is doing fuck all. He is Arsenal's hype man. He's not. A, he's not a striker. He's just there to be part of the celebrations. I feel they've. I feel they've got a. They've got a left hand side there, Arsenal, which could po- cause problems in Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney is a brilliant footballer. Yeah, and, and uh, Yang. I think that left hand side could cause issues. Yeah, I agree, but I just think. I'm looking at Barkley and Grealish together. I'm looking at Ollie Watkins, who will attack Arsenal's defence more than Marcus Rashford did, let's be honest. Because I think Villa are going to play with a bit more freedom. And I think Arsenal are going to play with more freedom. I don't think they're going to attack. They're going to defend against uh, Villa, because why would they? They're going to go for the kill. Yeah, of course, yeah. And I do think it plays in Steen Smith's hands. But I could see it being a battle of the goalkeepers. I can see I can see the weekend ending on a boring nil nil. If I'm gonna edge a team to win it, I am gonna go Arsenal. But I'm sticking with my draw and I am sticking with nil nil. Yeah, you know, if Arsenal win it, where's the goal coming from? <laughs> a penalty. Penalty, Sacker. I think I'd like to say I think about my young return so far. I could very well see what you're saying, Dale. I could very well see Aubameyang banging about five this weekend. I think that I think that pe- that penalty will just give him a bit of bit of a lift. Um, I think that was his first goal in what five five games was it? Yeah, something like that. Along those lines, Lacazette. Well, he usually does shit away from home anyway, so we're expecting much off him against us. Different player <laughs> when he's at home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Arsenal now, right, and, you know, they scored the penalty against us. And this isn't counting the Europa League, because Europa League, they just seem to be a different team. They won 4-1 again tonight, didn't they, against Mulder? Yeah. <sighs> they couldn't break Leicester down. They couldn't break City down, which, you know, I know City City. Yeah, fair enough. Give you the buy on that. Sheffield United, I watched the Sheffield United game. It wasn't a great game at all. Um and two, the two people that scored for them, Saka and uh, was it Pepe who scored the second for Arsenal in that game? I'm sure against, it's, against Sheffield United, yeah. It was Saka and Pepe. Yeah, they they have all of a sudden been demoted to their Europa League team. Right, Saka, all right, he's he's flirting around the first team and stuff now. Arsenal just they're not scoring a lot of goals like that. Yeah. Going back on their results again here. Was it Leicester they had before that again in the cup? No, it was Liverpool. So Liverpool wiped aside easily, no worries. You know, they looked good against Fulham on the first day. They beat West Ham 2 1 when West Ham still had a, a full in health David Moyes before he got COVID, so that doesn't count. Yeah. They've just not, they've got nothing going forward. There's just nothing. I don't know where the goals are coming from. And Villa haven't been. You know, a bad side all season. It does worry me a bit that Villa have, have been shipping goals left, right, and centre the last couple of games, but I can't see Abamyang coming back to form. Incoming Abamyang coming back to form. 
I cannot wait to take him out of my fantasy team this weekend and then bank five goals. Uh, I took I took him out after about uh, was it week two? I'd done, I'd done the first two weeks and then I saw the fixture list. He had City, Liverpool, all. I thought, yeah, yeah, he's coming out. He's not getting any calls there. <laughs> no. Speaking of speaking of fantasy, Dale, you have had an absolute uh, shocker, mate. You were top of the league, and now you've slipped to fourth. I'm only about four points off the lead. <laughs> you are four points off the lead, but let's over-exaggerate and talk to you and about you know, what the you, hell's going on. <laughs> and do you know why that is? I did, a, I, did a, I did a cheeky extra transfer that I shouldn't have done, that's why. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> do you know who got the most game week points in the whole of the league, though? You. It was me. Believe it or not. And do you know where I am, mate? <laughs> Third last. I'm fourth last uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've had an absolute shocker. I've made that many transfers and stuff. No, talking about the fantasy league, and we'll, we'll shut off in a few minutes. This is going to be a right bumper podcast. This we've just been at it all night, haven't we? Oh, aye. We we've got Daniel Norman, Tom Smiles, and Tom Walker top three, but. The top four, including you, Dale, is very close. You're talking 415 to 411, and then it's a sharp drop-off to Josh in fifth. He's 20 points behind. I'm going to make a bold prediction now. Norman will not let go of that top spot for a long time. Reckon? He's one of my best mates who I was living in in China. He is a fantasy football mad kind of guy. He is on it. I think it's gonna be you and Babs, like you, Babs, and him going for it for the rest of the season. He'll be now he's at the top. He'll stay there for a while. You say that, mate, but he had Martinez in that last week, who conceded four goals. He knows fuck all. Well, you know, I've, I've, I've not I've not played my triple captain yet. I've still no, got that car to pull. Neither have I, and I cannot wait to play it on someone who Pep Guardiola brings on for five minutes on the end of the game. Yeah. Hey, listen. In all seriousness, it's Daniel, Daniel Norman. He's got a good team there, and he's he's picking wisely. I mean, Jorginho knows for a fact he's Chelsea's penalty taker. Oh, uh, mate, we, we I, I texted him the other day talking about fantasy football, and he was like, "Honestly, I'm tempted to just put throw, throw a load of penalty takers in my team." I would, with the way VAR is going this season. I honestly would. What's interesting is, is the differences in team. Like his team is completely different to everyone else's team in the top four. Like all your teams are completely different. Like Bash, you you've gone for goal scorers, people that you know are going to bag a goal here and there in the league. Where he has very much gone this Daniel Norman at the top for strong defenders who assist a lot and then penalty takers pretty much. The only person I say he's gone for, or the people I say he's gone for who score outright, would be Grealish. Son and Kane. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be interesting, that. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing he's that. He's got for a very bold tactic, and I, t- I told him that when I texted him the other day. In fact, no, was, we were on FaceTime when we were talking about it, and I was like, mate, so you've gone bold here, and he was like, trust me, the way the penalties are going this season, I can see it coming a mile off. And you know what? Fair play, so far it's paid off for him. Well, he, he can't get too comfortable. He's only 107 points uh, ahead of me. So he's he's gonna to have to keep his wits about him. But he's looking pretty good at <laughs> only about four hundred points ahead of Lee. 
Right, Lee is shocking. Where's Lee? Fair, Lee bottom? Lee, Lee, Lee's only, what, 12 points behind you? I mean, Lee's, yeah, Lee's 12 points behind me and bottom of the league on 268 points is Rob Fisher. Now, I don't know who Rob Fisher is, but you might just leave it for the rest of the season, mate. I wouldn't bother. Do you know, the one, the one that annoys me the most is the fact that I had to basically make Josh's team for him. I had to beg him to make a team. <laughs> Convince him to make a team. The man sat in fifth. Not bad, I don't mean if the uh, teenage nightclub in Manchester. I mean, near the top of the table. Good lad. I'm, uh, I'm having a look at yours here, Danny. Um, mm. Concer and defence. Now, what mm. exactly the fuck were you thinking there? <laughs> mm. um, I'll be honest, mate. Um, it was when Liverpool were doing uh, when Villa were doing half decent, and I will also be honest again. I might have forgotten about fantasy football over the last two weeks. <laughs> mate, you've got someone called Meslier in that. Who's that? Mate, Melia is the Leeds keeper. He's sick. Is he? I don't. I don't know who the fuck that is. Mate, keeping clean sheets. Why well, was keeping clean sheets galore? Fucking keeping clean sheets. Behave. <laughs> All right, let me let me rephrase that. Leeds defense is that bad. He's getting the save points. <laughs> Okay, now. Oh, right. Now I've seen a picture of him. I recognise him. Yeah, with the with the keepers, it's hard because like no one's keeping clean sheets. No. So you need a cheap keeper that's making saves. So I was like, right, Leeds get Leeds defense is shit. He faces loads of shots. Oh, it's fucking wank, isn't it? He's going to be. It is going to be difficult this season because it is a very different season because of VAR, and it was exactly yeah. the same when it come off lockdown last season. The other thing that makes it different is no fans in the stadiums. So it'll be interesting to keep hold on that. But it looks like there's a top four starting to pull away already. Mm. Dale's our last hope of not costing us any money. Come on, Dale. We, we haven't got the money to ship to China. You've got to beat Norman. Dale, I don't even have the money to pay for my mortgage, mate. So, you know, I'm <laughs> counting on you, eh? Just getting warmed up, mate. Just getting warmed up. <laughs> on that note, lads, come to podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Pass that one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. To support us, please follow us on social media by searching for at 4 one Sophie on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. You can also subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast stations, including Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts and Anchor, as well as YouTube. Just search for 4 one Sophie. Thanks. From myself, Lee, Danny, Dale and Josh, and we'll catch you next time.